continue what we learned last week. Now for those who like coming to church the week of Weda, the next week you are at the party. You are not going to enjoy some of these sermons. Nevertheless, for your sake, for the brief recap, since you've been confessing that chains are breaking for your sake. Okay, we are dealing with the seven mountains of influence, and generally, what we're dealing with is, like I mentioned, this revelation was given by the Holy Spirit and one of the first gentlemen to proclaim it is a man called Bill Bright in 1975 and the scripture which we used you remember Revelation 17 verse 9 I, I don't want to go through it completely like I did because I think I'll listen to the sermon and I might have gotten slightly emotional. Hallelujah. So I, I, I don't want to go through that process. So it says, here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sits. Who is this woman? The Bible says she is the harlot. And uh, seven heads on her are the seven mountains on which she sits. She sits on seven mountains. And we do know that typically a mountain is always representative of a realm, of a sphere. And so, there is a prophecy given in the book of Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 1. And this prophetic word is as follows. It says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, uh -huh. it shall come to pass in the latter days, it shall come to pass in my days. Somebody say, it's coming to pass in my days. Uh -huh. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. So the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. Where is that harlot, that woman, where is she seated? On top of the mountains. And there is a prophecy that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Nations is not just countries, it's different types of people. That's why you will notice there will be huge uh, diversity, not just in terms of language and culture, even in terms of professions, in terms of uh, people from, you know, different backgrounds and different areas, all of them flowing to the mountain of the Lord. And this is what they will say. Uh -huh. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways. He will teach us his ways. And we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So there's a prophecy given that a time will come 
in the days of, come on, say your name. Hallelujah. A time will come in those days that the mountain of the Lord's house would be established on top of the mountains. So meaning, where you are not, the, the mountains that we've seen in Revelations, that woman is sitting on, there's going to be a change. It will no longer be the pilot sitting on those mountains. It will be the mountains of the Lord. It will be the mountain of the Lord's house. And I gave you an example, because that woman, if you noticed, uh, it's all talking about Babylon. And we know that Babylon is a system where you try to have life without God. And this is the greatest challenge, if you have to ask me, that's going on right now. Because people are now looking for a philosophy to believe in. The moment you remove God from the system, then what becomes your definition of right and wrong? This is where people begin to govern themselves. This is where people begin to govern themselves. Because you, you no longer have an idea of what is right and what is wrong. And that's why people are now beginning to present that God is an idea that human beings created. That's what people are beginning to present. What they are forgetting, interestingly enough, even cultures that don't believe in Jesus, almost all cultures in the world, from the early days till now, have always had the concept of God. Almost all of them have always known there is someone bigger, there is someone greater. We started believing in God way before the European state. We've always had this concept that there must be someone bigger. The trouble with not having God in your life is that eventually you have nothing to live for. Eventually, the moment you are your own boss, there will be a problem there. You begin to see yourself as useless. Because one day you realize, oh my goodness, this is the year 2020, 19. There have been so many people in the world, they have come and gone. Do I really matter? Am I really significant? Before you know it, all those thoughts keep bombarding you. So when I go, no one remember me. Hey, this is, this is, this Don't cry for you. All those sorts of people fighting because you remove the concept of God. Because the moment you remove the concept of God, you have to remove the concept of eternity. But when you know God, oh my goodness, you will see this love is eternal. Now, last week we looked at the mountain of religion. And we are saying believers have to preach the gospel. They have to ensure that everyone hears this message. They have to go all out with this message. I was talking about how we need to raise preachers. Yes, we need to raise pastors. We need to raise ministers of God. Yesterday I did a training session. I think there were about How many of you are part of that training session? It was powerful. We're, we're, we're looking at the topic, the power to do ministry. I think we have some others available. We'll see if we'll give everyone or just one or two. So we're looking at the power to do ministry. And we looked at different words for power in the Bible. 
Lucas, Jonathan, what else did we look at? Caris, what else did we look at? Ah, we didn't look at Jonathan, we just mentioned it. Yes, what else did we look at? Jonathan, uh -huh, Caris, what else? Exusia, what else? Kratos, yes, what else? Iskus, yes, what else? Yes, you follow. Which other one? We only looked at six. So we're looking at all those in different dimensions and how they come to fulfilling a ministry. We have to raise minister later. But today let's look at another mountain that has to be dealt with. Let's go. The mountain of We'll see if we can look at one or we'll see if we'll look at two. It will be dependent on how hungry you are. And I mean that both in the physical mind. <laughs> Which hand are we really at? Okay, the mountain of the family. The family. Okay. Out of you here, just out of uh, curiosity, how many here have got a? I'll use the word cross because, to be honest, we are all somehow related. You'll find the connection one day. Even that person you want to marry, you should Or by researching. I've got, you know that. We found ourselves in situations where there are certain relatives of mine who on my outside, they are my aunties. And on my dad's side, they are my nieces. And I knew them first from one side, so I knew them an aunt. Only to discover, not as in a distant relative, only to discover these are closely related to me on my dad's side and they're like this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> what do you advise? How many of you have got a family member? At least at least closely related. By that I mean it shouldn't be as far as no my cousins, stepsisters, husband. Now there's a stay alone. You know, there's nothing about it now. Just know there's a picture there. But every more closely. How about you have a family member who is with you in the street? Bring them. Okay. How about you were invited to this church by a family member? Raise your hand. Some of you, your family members are looking at you and hearing you. You know what I'm talking No, I invited myself. The day you invited me, I didn't come. Okay, how many of you were influenced to start coming here by a family member? At least they influenced you a bit. Raise your hand. Okay. Interesting. How about you knew me to a family member? Raise your hand. Okay. How about you? Okay, I ran out of 
Wow. I don't think I used to say that, did I? I was very, I was very disciplined. Not so much. I'm sure I would just do something I had to say with water. You'll notice that there are various agents for socialization, there are schools and all that, but the first one is the family. So a huge way of how you view life or how you viewed it is dependent on how you were raised. It's dependent on some of the things you were taught through words and some things you are taught through what you saw. And that's why we have to be really careful what we expose children to. Because they learn. And at that age, they can learn. How many of you have met kids who can speak five languages? As if, if there's ever a time to teach them, if you, if you want to teach them how to play the keyboard, how to speak Italian, how to speak, teach them now. You'll be saying, no, what if they won't do at school? Okay, I know they're doing grade three. By the time they reach grade seven, they'll catch up. What I'm trying to say is that's a very good time to develop. Have you noticed that a lot of pastors' children are able to play this very soon? what is your father? He's a pastor. Hans, your father is. He's a pastor. Do we have any other PKs here? Any other pastors kids here? In the Sunday school? During a day play? Get back from China. When are you going back? On Sunday. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, PK. What do you play? The microphone? <laughs> Can you play anything? Keyboard, okay. You know why it's, you know why a lot of pastors shouldn't be able to play those stuff? Because they are exposed to them. As in, the pastor's child tell them this is highly good permission to go and start playing on the keyboard. Some of them even carry the keyboard home. Not that every now and then. I carry the keyboard. That, no. But what I'm trying to say is that it's in that period when people are socialized and they are raised. I do a lot of counseling. Most of the issues I deal with started with family issues. Most of the issues I deal with, I can trace them to family issues. I can trace them to family issues. For example, my own, from how I've related with a lot of people, a lot of men who are unfaithful have got another man who they call it. A lot of a lot of men who are unfaithful copied someone. They saw it somewhere and it became normal for them. A lot of ladies who are drunkies, many of them, it, this is from my own experience when you have discussions with a lot of them. There's a way they never related with their fathers, a lot of them. So they try to fill in the void with something else. The family. Hallelujah. The family. We're dealing with the family. 
Now, why are we dealing with the family? Number one, because the family is the number one agent of socialization. We need to come to a place where there are many people who are saying, I was led to Christ by my mother, or I was led to Christ by my father, or by my brother. Even if you're not the one who directly led them, as a family member, you should have an influence on their spiritual walk. Hallelujah. As a family member, you should have an influence on their spiritual walk. You should be... You know, there are people who are so influential in their family. I remember there is this one guy. We used to work together. The guy didn't fear anyone. Then, I think there was something that happened that uh, he was drunk and something like that. So he was explaining to me the story. No, this happened, and this happened. And he said, and then, oh my goodness, my father ran and I checked. It was my older brother. And I said, oh no. Because there's a hold the older brother has over him. It's not a word of strength, it's a word of respect. The guy can tell him, what's this up here? We're dealing with the family. Hallelujah. The family. Somebody say the family. Say one more time, the family. So the family is the first agent of socialization. The way you view the world is first dependent on the first people you are exposed to. Although nowadays, it's not just the family who are the first agent of socialization, it's also the nanny. Like I said, it's also the nanny. Pray before you hire a nanny for a child. I'll say this again. Before you hire a nanny for a child, pray. After you hire a nanny for the child, you pray. And then be doing a Bible study every now and then. As a matter of fact, I realized a lot of children pick up the nanny's language. Pray. Before you bring that cousin over to come take care of that child, pray. Okay. So it's the first agent of socialization. And also, the family is the first is the first place where you get an identity. It's the first place where you get an identity. That's where you get your first sense of belonging. That's where you get your first sense of ownership. That's where you get your first sense of stewardship. For example, you ask anyone, whether a child or just generally, you ask anyone. Did you have a TV, a brother? Did you buy it? A boy, it was generally yours. Yours. <laughs> you might can you find it over the remote? For a TV you did buy. You come home, you found the put of an apple in your room. Why don't you put an apple in my room? No idea the cost of rentals, no idea the cost of buying a house. But you put a sense of ownership. That's ideally what your family does. That's one of the first things that it gives you a sense of belonging. It gives you an identity. That's why you find the first thing you are known as is a child of someone. 
That's the first thing you are known as. Before you can have your own name, you are known as a child of someone. That's why you put a sad name. That's why the official way of writing is your sad name first. So for me, my official way of writing is Kaluma Frederick Magalison. Because the first thing that was identified as is this guy is part of the Kalulumas. I didn't choose. People ask me, hey, what does your son name? So you think I chose to have a name which I don't have a name? No, it doesn't sound like it's from Eastern Province. So you think, yeah, I was just born. Hallelujah. And I was thinking, this is your last name? How do you from Eastern Province? Glory to God. Be proud of your names. Who's our students? Be proud of your names. I know what I'm thinking of who's our students. Graduation day is when I discovered a lot of my classmates' names. You do someone as K. <laughs> now we are going to be the population. Yeah. 
If you've had such experience, this woman will heal you. But it's also from the family where people are showered with their first words of love. I know in Africa we don't do that much. We show love through different ways. <laughs> it's also from the family where people experience their first uh, belt, uh, their, first, their first meeting. Hallelujah. Very about. After interacting with several people, I realized that I've actually had it very good in life. I only remember three occasions. Three. Three. Come for me, guys. <laughs> That's how you know I was the quiet one. I'm not taking about hands. On the other hand, let's just say, I think I'm the lowest. Very good man. The other three was three in a day. It was, it was a time getting too asthmatic and all that kind of stuff. 
But then, uh, later on in life, I experienced the, the hidden power of God. Amen. But here is a bit. Between them and when my body got healed, who were the people who ensured that I remained alive? Who were the people who ensured that when I was struggling to breathe, I don't know what sort of network they did? Who were the people who ensured they got me that brown jersey which I didn't like? Brown jersey. That was which I had to up. There was this brown jersey. I was required to put it on what season? What season? That jersey kept me. <laughs> who are the people who ensured I was not outside playing with water? Who are the people who ensured that I was taken to the hospital so many? You know those? You know where you're going to the hospital, they're writing your details for you. Because <laughs> they know you ah, but wait up. We make you wish you don't make it money to me. Like I just don't around. Who comes to one? Now, think about it. I was preserved because I was put in a family. And I've got a feeling I'm not the only one who can say this. Who are the, who are the people who ensured for you to be where you are today, you have to eat? Some more than others. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some with bigger appetites than others. There are certain people who, after they've passed through the kitchen, and you know, the corporate has come, they've got nothing to eat. And they start singing for you, I've got one pizza parlor, more than one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where you pass, it shows there is evidence. Glory to God. What am I trying to say? There are people who will be sure to eat them. There are people who will be sure to educate them. Let's be honest. They, they don't all have been the best, they will not always have been the best stuff of us, maybe, to experience the bad things from the family. But at least there are certain things we can appreciate. And for that, let's get a man. As I've grown up, as in, I'll be honest with you, Zambian parents are going to use, the, are going to borrow a word from some of the younger ones. Like, Zambian parents are, what do I say? I'm trying to talk about them being really uh, like they're tough. What should I say? Are you stuck? Okay. Yes. Some of your parents are quite interesting. They are amazing. How? Listen to me. How? Uh, listen to me. How? People here, how you finish your education? Watch DSTV sometimes. And for that point, with the salaries your parents had, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked how you were taken to those private schools. Those realms of budgeting, you don't know how many of them would go hungry. They would be fasting the whole week just so you can have something to eat. One thing that we shouldn't do is produce an ungrateful generation. I'll tell you something. We have an opportunity for those who are younger to be even better than the ones before. 
not because we are better people, but because you can learn most from their successes and their mistakes. And they are being exposed to certain realms of knowledge that some were never exposed to. Most of the traditional teachings did not teach how to deal with the fastness of urban life. Most had to learn on the job. So, dear child of God, cut your mother's outside. Hallelujah. They've tried. They have tried. Hallelujah. Very good. And for those who have not tried, find at least one thing about them that they tried. At least find one. Okay. People who are like finish. I'm still in my first line. Let's go now to some of the circles. So, Jesus, I want you to think about this. Where God decides, okay, the Son of God is going to be born and he is going to save the world. Where does he decide to put him? In a temple? Where? In a family? Think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, had a family experience. Some people may not think he treasured it. Can I show you a scripture that shows that Jesus was a responsible family man? Let me show you. John 19, verse 25. This is Jesus at the cross. John 19, verse 25. Now there stood Jesus by the cross. There stood by, by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Mary was a common name. So by the cross of Jesus, his mother was there. His mother's sister was there. Now, to be honest, I'm not so sure what happened to Joseph, but it could be that he was not alive at this period. But look at the next verse. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, he's about to die. I mean, he's, he's the son of God. He's about, look at, look at what he does. He says, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, you know who the disciple is talking about, right? John. And the disciple whom he loved standing by, he says to his mother, woman, behold your son. You'll see so much this meant. Next verse. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. You know what he was saying? Take care of her for me. Look at this. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So who used to take care of Mary? It was probably Jesus. And so, he being a responsible family man, despite having big things on his agenda, you remember, so, wait, 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 I've got a responsibility, I'm not finished. This person took care of me. I have to ensure they're taken care of. So he said, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. By the way, there are some people in this place who the people that have raised you may not have been your biological parents. The people that have raised you may not even have been blind. But some of them have fulfilled what Jesus did with me and the disciples. Must be grateful for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Hallelujah. You must be grateful. So family is very important. When God wanted the Son of God when He came on earth had to be placed in a family. Had to be placed in a family. And Joshua says something interesting about family. Uh, Joshua 24 verse 15. Joshua says something. I'm training leaders at this house. I know the majority of people here are young. The majority of people here are part of the family. The majority have not yet started their family. Some have just started their own families. These are things you need to know. So the people answered and said, Family, for us, we have forsake the Lord. I want verse 15. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fa- which your father served, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Camorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What was Joshua saying? He was, he was not just a leader of himself, he was also a leader of his family. And he was going to ensure that it wasn't just him who was going to serve the Lord, but his family would serve the Lord. You've got a responsibility to ensure your family serves the Lord. Listen to me all. I may not preach this sermon to you the day you get married. I may not preach this sermon to you when you have your first child. Don't leave the kids away from church. Let them grow up with the concept of church. I've done a lot of evangelism and I'll tell you something. The people who I found very easy to lead to Christ are those whom the parents had planted a seed in them and all I had to do was come and water it. The people who have found the most difficult are those who there was no seed of church planted in them. Don't leave the children behind. Don't do that. It's better we keep upgrading our systems, we find what to do, but don't leave them behind. Let them grow up believing in miracles. Before, before Brother Logic comes in, let them come into church, let them see a blind person see, let them see a lame person walk, and then they get them come. I remember we had a case. How many of you remember that web where there's a little girl who had a heart complication and she got here? How many of you know that that little girl uh, is my niece? Yeah, so we're in different provinces, so I was meeting them for the first time. I was meeting her for the first time. And I said, look, I know her. I want you to come. I want you to pray for her. And so, when I prayed for her heart condition, they went to check. The mother came to see me. A few days later, mother is my cousin, and it, the heart was normal. The heart was normal. Okay? Now, afterwards, the mom gives me a call and says, there's this, there's this condition that I've been having which I want you to pray for me for. Actually, what inspired me to pray, I to call you, I was thinking about it. I was. I was complaining about this condition. And then my child said, why don't you just go and confront to pray for you? Meaning, it's it clicked. Yeah. You can't remove it from the head. As far as this concern, you should pray. It's not going to The Bible is clear. It says, train up the child in the way you should grow. When he grows, you will not detract from it. Listen, some people may be listening to me and you feel like your child has gone wayward. But there are certain seeds you planted in them. 
You may not even be able to preach to them. But the day they hear this message, it will connect, something will creep inside. Like, I know this message, this is my language. Because it was planted in them from a young age. Please, we'll start teaching the word of God to some of those who, your little ones. We'll start teaching the word of God to someone else. Don't let them be brought up by mental and miraculous. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you find some of these kids can explain it to you. No. What happened? They will explain to you from season one. They are telling me they can't understand the book of Luke. Hallelujah. Do you know the first time I was born pastor was when I was five years old? Do you think I had any idea what I was doing? No. It was just fun. Little did I know there was a seed being planted. So for if you have a problem with someone, don't talk about them in front of the child. Don't talk about them in front of children. You are training them that this is how we live. This is how we grow up. That's why if you've got a difference with your spouse, discuss it privately. Don't discuss it in front of the Lord. Some children don't too much. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory. We are learning it. In Acts 16, verse 30, Paul is released. Paul is in a prison. I'm sure you remember this. This is what we get. When did you get what I get? He said, Go for what you get. He does it. You know it? For your water, for your water, for your water. Okay. Okay. So this is where the office of the son came. So he brought them out and said, Sons. Say, what must I do to be saved? No one answered. So they say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household, stop leaving your household out of it. There is a reason why you are the one who is born again. Listen. Listen. It can't always be that when your family member visits somewhere, they are always being told there is a witch in your family. Hallelujah! I can you come to a place where when they visit somebody they're told, oh, you know there's a prayer warrior in your family. <laughs> there was that time you were almost in an accident. That prayer warrior in your family said, ah, ah, you know what? I'm taking this by force. They go down in the middle of the night and break. Oh, look how it should be from now on. There's a young man who is in this ministry. Uh, there was a period where the mom didn't understand why this switched to this church, so it was giving me a bit of a hard time. And he texted me recently and said, My mother's said you can be going there. And I asked why, and he says, She met the prophet, and the prophet said, Your son, your son is in the right place. That young man is praying. Let them be good testimony about you. Become an influence in the family. And bring an influence. You can bring influence through prayer. Can I tell you another easy way to bring influence in the family? Just have money. Let's be honest. Just a little bit of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything you say, the Bible 
первая смерть, это ломать виду из If you desire to be influential, you must want to have money. There are some meetings they don't call you for years. Just wait. <laughs> the moment you start creating <laughs> and I am something. That's why listen. Listen to me. Don't be afraid to be in a pure way of building yourself up financially. You may not be able to contribute the two fifties for every committee right now. But as you keep building yourself one day, everyone is contributing to give you the two big. Hallelujah. So I've told you, just have money. Money talks. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm sorry you've heard me. If there are people here who can see at weddings, or you're planning to can see at weddings, I am kindly appealing. Come up with some new jobs. Most of those jobs you crash. We even know them. Okay, so right now, is about to come for us the job for Akko and Rayama. Or, or do I just go to too many races? There, there's, there's a job for Akko and Rayama, there's one for Ku and Kwa, then there's the, the worst one, Seventh of God and Man of God. Should I ever hear anyone talk in that job? No. The show, the Seventh of God, the Man of God says, I was in America, I was preaching the other day. Then, this is all. Come up with you ones. Come talk to me. This is the way I always keep the audience laughing very well. So, you find in the family that the father has a responsibility to protect. He's got a responsibility to give an identity. The mother has a responsibility to incubate. She's got a responsibility to nature. And so Jesus was protected physically. Jesus was fed. Jesus was taught. His first trade, he was educated through the family. And that's why I must now mention Satan has been attacking the family. That harlot in Revelation 19 has been sitting on the family. How do I know? Because, in, in, you know, in, like I said, in social science, there is a difference between the ideal and the real. So I'm giving you an ideal picture of what the family should be like, but in reality, Satan has fought the family. There's bitterness in families right now. You find you talk to a lot of husbands, they feel disrespected. No one respects me in this house. No one acknowledges my efforts. I I buy food in this house. I take you, but you don't respect me. We talk to a lot of wives, they don't feel loved. A lot of husbands don't feel respected. Your wives don't feel loved. And usually it's difficult for them to show a certain level of respect if they don't feel loved. So the Bible says submit to your own husband. Okay. You find a lot of children feel misunderstood. But almost, almost everyone. They don't understand me. No one understands me. Why are you so tired? <laughs> I don't know how, yeah, a lot of children feel misunderstood, a lot of parents, fathers don't feel respected, a lot of wives don't feel loved. Satan has attacked the whole. There are people who would rather be in school than at home. 
they don't like anymore. Their husbands would rather be at the bar watching football when they were a very big screen TV at home. They don't like being home. Sometimes out of their own foolishness, sometimes you find that their wife has become what the Bible calls a dirty wife. But the Bible says it's better to believe in the desert than stay at home in a dirty wife. You know, when the devil is born, you'll be finished through words. Okay. Right from what Sarah said about Abraham, if you read from the NIV of the message, when God said to have a child, the Bible says, Sarah laughed in her heart and said, Will I have a child at this point in with this old man of the husband? Whoever wrote that was Nigeria. <laughs> It comes from Nigeria and I think it's old man of a husband. So the family has been attacked. There is bitterness in families. There are rivalries in families. There is witchcraft in families. Witchcraft practiced in different ways. Your, your sister's children have passed number one. Your children have passed number ten. You will probably that. That's practice. That's practice to be rich. There are some people who've taken their children to schools simply to compete because the other one has taken their children to, to, to an expensive school. So if somebody is trying to keep up appearance, you find in certain family meetings there are people who don't talk. There are people who are there just to oppose what the other one says. I think you find children have inherited their parents' fights. So, They've grown up believing that uncle is so evil, and the other one has also grown up believing that uncle is so evil. And so before you they all think they are all evil. And sometimes you find both of them just had a problem. And then the day they settle it, you guys already left you were no relationship. You find you would simply do not talk to each other. One sleeping hits the other simply no, you you are light, you know, to put the lightness in the family. You are supposed to give something. I'll tell you something about her. Why did I have to be younger than you? Yeah, what? Ethnicity. I need to tell you the ethnicity, otherwise, God is black or brown. Hallelujah. What of you are ethnicity, right? No. You find cities don't like each other. Serious rival. One supports the dad, the other supports the mom. Serious rivalry. It may sound funny, but you know what I'm talking about. You find, for a lot of people, their greatest torment has come from families. People have been raped by family members. People have been abused by family. And one way you can tell that this has been going on is if you've observed. One way you can tell that there's trouble family-wise is the fact that there are a lot of simple parents. Uh, let me, let me, let me, before I sound controversial, let me explain what I mean. Ideally, ideally, God intended for a child to be raised by the mother and their father. 
But if you've observed, it's a trip, it's not just in Zambia, it's everywhere. A lot of people are not being raised by both parents. And usually it's, you find their complications. Sometimes you find there's unfaithfulness in the marriage. Sometimes you find someone in pregnant someone that doesn't want to take responsibility for that child. And here is just as a pastor, just a word. If you find yourself in a position where you're a simple parent and maybe you're there when you went for a daughter and life, as much as you can, allow your child to also be exposed to a female role model. Could be from church, could be from school, could be from somewhere. If maybe you've got sons and your mother, and even daughters, allow them also to be exposed to a male role model in yours. Hallelujah. There are certain male role models I've had. I, I lost my dad when I was 14. There are certain male role models I've had who helped me to have a certain perspective from just generally as a man, which I was given freedom to do. Because you'll find the pressure to be both the mother and the father, you do it better than I do, could be very difficult. And I never want to call it just Sometimes you'll find you've told them the same point, they're not listening. Somebody else comes and tells them the exact same thing you are saying. Even after they listen. Sometimes they just need a refreshing view. But here's the thing, we want so many people are impregnating ladies and abandoning those people to take care of the child themselves. And then that person now has to be pleading with you and fighting you. Why should someone have to take you to court over your own child? So you may be listening to me, you may be in this church, you may be watching. If there's a child you've abandoned, go and recommend. I'm not saying go marry the mother, but be involved in the child's life. You don't know how much it's killing people. You don't know how much your lack of involvement is killing that person. If all you do is save money, you don't know how much it's killing them. Because they are beginning to think all the eyes are asset. Hallelujah. So be involved in that child's life. Be involved. Be involved. Somebody say glory to God. So Satan has been attacking this unit. Now why am I preaching these principles and preaching? Because as you're listening to me, there are some who may have made mistakes. Now, does this message come to condemn you? No. It gives you an opportunity to correct what you need to correct. And also gives you an opportunity to train others that they may not make the mistake. Listen, we shouldn't devalue the message because we are afraid that someone will feel condemned. When we've got an opportunity to raise an even greater generation, the next generation must be greater than the former by the law of generational blessing. It's a law that the next generation must be better. You may be listening to me and perhaps you've been treated. You know, there are times where there's an excuse for it, but there are some who, it's, it's a fact, they've just been treated badly. I'm urging you, forgive them. Forgive your parents. Forgive your mother for what they exposed you to. Forgive your dad for what they exposed you to. Forgive them for not having been the best. They did not know what they were doing. Forgive them. You may be hurting because of a family member. You may be hurting because of a parent who has been absent. Forgive them. Some of you are even upset with your parents for dying. Forgive them. If I were ask you, then they will not have. I know what I'm talking about. Just forgive them. Listen. Forgive them. 
Amen. Amen. And then we pray for you that your heart will be healed. Amen. If you need to forgive a parent for how they treated your mother, forgive them. Gentlemen, forgive them. Because if you overhate him, you can become what you hate. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. And you know something? One of the reasons why church is there is also to make up for the inconsistencies that sometimes have come to family. So church gives you an opportunity to have a spiritual family. A family that is connected by something thicker than blood. It's connected by the Spirit of God. When we were one spirit, that's why treat people well. The Bible actually says treat people, especially people in the house of faith. That's what the Bible actually says. There shouldn't be any person in church who ever feels rejected. You never know who you are helping you from something. So one reason why church is there is to have a community of believers, a family of believers. So church is, listen, you must be the reason why someone believes that they can be loved even for nothing in return. You must be the reason why someone believes that they can be loved even when they don't have enough to pay back. Tell me, that's why God compares his love to that of a mother. He says, even if a mother was to abandon a child, I'll never abandon you. He's trying to say, for a mother to abandon a child, it is a problem. Hallelujah. Haven't you seen people love someone who all they give them is dirty diapers? Haven't you seen people love someone who keeps on causing trouble, keeps on causing them to spend money, keeps on causing them to do us, but they still, what can they do? They love that person. That's the way we must deal with people. Because we've got an opportunity to sister people who we are not of the same physical manner. Can you imagine you've got an opportunity to brother people? There are people right now, all they need is just a big brother. Listen, there are some young ladies here who all they need is just one of you older ladies to just get them by the way, take them to hungry life, buy them a meal. Wait, let me finish what I'm saying. I like that language. Oh, I'm saying, all they need is to take them. No, this is a deep point. <laughs> it's a deep point, though. Okay, all they need is for you to take them to hungry life and tell them. Listen to me. No man should ever buy you through the line. You need to have the line of I'm serious. Someone needs that one day someone should just just buy them a gift and say, and then why are you going to be just waiting? What are you doing? Hey, why are you going? <laughs> What are you doing? They are killing a certain mindset. They are killing a certain mindset that they have to pay for everything with their body. We've got an opportunity to do that. We've got an opportunity. How I wish, listen to me, some of us need to, like, don't neglect those siblings. Don't neglect those siblings. Listen to me. There are some people in this place you can the things you bought for your girlfriend. But that didn't count. Buy if you buy. Bread for don't buy. Somehow it irritates you to buy bread. I'm scared for you. Because one day that girlfriend will be family. 
it would have come to church, you would not really push. Some people right now are still at home. Stop leaving them behind. That shows you that to transform the world, it's important for families to get transformed. Do you know how ideologies like? Why do you think someone can grow up believing that it's okay to be a suicide bomber, it's okay to be part of some of these terrorist groups? You know what they do? Marry a lot of women. And they keep praying. And they train those people to think like that from a young age. It's difficult. It's difficult. It takes tournaments. Hallelujah. Praise God that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the tournaments of God for salvation. But what I'm trying to say is that then we, on the other hand, are ashamed and sometimes afraid to get some of our fellow people. We have to start interceding for families. Sometimes, because we're not interceding for families, that's why you find that's why someone is broke. Because whenever they have money, there's a problem in the family to solve. Pray for everyone to be doing fine. You no longer have those problems to solve. <laughs> we need to learn to study the city for families. And this concept of the family, I want us to take it very seriously. So I want you to pray for your family that it may go well with you all. Decide in advance what sort of brother you'll be, what sort of sister you are, what sort of brother you'll be. What's the ideal brother? What's the ideal sister? What's the ideal son? What's the ideal daughter? What's the ideal wife? What's the ideal husband? That's who you should be. They may not always listen, but let everyone have the concept that they at least have a good sibling. One who's prayerful, one who's there for us. Let that be the concept. Somebody follow me. So there's a mountain called family, and Satan has been fighting family. Satan loves it when siblings fight. Satan loves it when husband and wife fight. God hates it. God even says, I hate divorce. Because he, what God is saying there is that he hates it when his idea, his concept of family is disturbed. And I know we may not have experienced perfection, but I'm urging us to forgive those we need to forgive and do whatever we can to help those that we can help. Let's start rebuilding this. Let the Lord's hands sit on the mountain of family. Somebody say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the mountain of family.